I'm Solomon. And I'm Ajoa. And this is Art Mythos, African Mythology Through Art. Yeah, so this podcast will basically be um, talking about our artwork and also African mythology, which is the basis behind our artwork. Yeah, so it's all about exploring culture and finding inspiration in really novel um, stories. Yeah. You know, um, we've overplayed like the Greek mythology yes. and the other Norse mythologies. And so we just thought it was really important as diaspora um, to really um, get back in touch with our mm-hmm. African culture and see the really interesting stories that they have. Yeah. And also like we've really enjoyed like learning about the stories ourselves as we were like painting and drawing these different orishas and figures. So we thought it would be even better if we could tell the stories. That yeah, we definitely. Um, you know, just share the knowledge because I'm pretty sure um, that like ourselves, there might be other people who really want to know and understand these stories. Um, little disclaimer to say we are not experts in this and it's this isn't like intensive research yeah. um, with sources and all that. Um, we have a few books and a few sources that we're reading from. Yeah, um, um, Epic African Myth and Tales by... Um, Kwajo Nyame. Yeah, and I have um, African Myths um, General Edition. Uh, well, General Editor <laughs> Jake Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're so, just reading from these books and see, and you know. other internet sources that will tell you as well. But yeah, it's not anything perfectly conclusive. researched and conclusive. So um, you know, yeah. we say if you do enjoy some of the stories, do some research yourself, find out a bit more about it. And tell us, tell us what else you've learned, or if you have any other stories um that you think might be interesting to us, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. yeah. So um we thought as this is our first episode, we want to start with creation stories, you know, the beginning of all things. So the beginning of our podcast. So yeah, that's where we're going to start. Yeah. Um, And as you know, um, there's many different um, cultures and there's definitely um, different um, peoples and tribes in Africa. Um, But we're going to select um, a few that we really like um, and some stories that we find really interesting to start it off. And yeah. Yeah. And obviously some of these stories have very like religious spaces behind them. So we just want to another disclaimer that we uh, we respect all of the different myths and religious backgrounds behind these stories, and our aim is just to let everybody know about them because not many people do know about them. Yeah, yeah. definitely, just spreading some knowledge out here. Yeah. Okay, so we are going to begin. Uh, who's going to start? <laughs> so I'm going to go first this week. My story that I like, my creation story that I like, is called The Gods Descend from the Sky. Mm. And it's from the Dahomean people. Um, so I actually never heard of these people before, have you? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, who are the Dahomean <laughs> yeah. people? So, um, okay, most of this information I got from them was from Britannica. I don't know if you've heard of that website. <laughs> I have, um, I have. Yeah, you know. and also blackhistorymark.org. So basically... The kingdom of Dahomey, if I'm saying this wrong, feel free to let us know. So new words, you know. Yep. But yeah, the kingdom of Dahomey was situated in West Africa 
and mm. was formed by various um, local ethnic and tribal groups. So like a mixture of different ethnic and tribal groups, which is quite interesting. Mm. Um, they were actually forced to move to one particular area during the slave trade. That's why they're like a mixture of different um, groups. Mm. And they were in the region that is now known as South Benin. Um, so there's actually a few quite interesting traditional stories about the origins of the kingdom and stuff, which might be good for another episode. But yeah, that's basically the Dahomey people in a nutshell. Um, mm. They were in what is now known as South Benin, and they were just a mixture of different tribal and ethnic groups, basically. Cool. Good and to know. Yeah, good to know. I feel, is... I feel educated. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> so yeah, this is their story about how the gods descend from the sky. This story starts with the mother of all creation called Nana Baluku and her children. Mm. So that's how it starts. Okay. Um, so her, all her offspring were androgynous. So that means like many of them, their male and female stereotypical characteristics right. are not what like we perceive. So like, you know, when you see someone, you're like, ooh, like, is that a girl? Is that a boy? Like, okay. Non-binary. Non-bi- yeah, so Something. that's... Which is okay. quite interesting considering the whole like debate on like how that has come across now. But you know, that's another story. But <laughs> yeah. I just I just thought it was interesting that how that started that's also like part of a creation story. Mm-hmm. And it's not something new that's come across in the twentieth century. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so all her offspring were androgynous, which means they had one body and two faces in the case of this story. So can you imagine Bruh. someone with one body and two faces? Yeah. So the face that resembled the woman was called Mawu. Her eyes were said to be the moon and she took control of the night and western territories. And the male face was called Lisa and his eyes were the sun. You say Lisa? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, I was like... <laughs> cool. Again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and his eyes were the sun and he took charge of the daylight and the eastern territories. Um, so as I was reading this, I was thinking, it's so random that they say that they took charge of the West and East. I was like, what relevance is that? And then I was like, oh, I just clocked. The sun rises in the East and sets in the West. That's why the sun takes care of the East and the moon takes care of the West. Okay. Do you get okay. it? Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm with you. I'm okay. with you. Cool, cool. So anyway, so Mabu Lisa was their name. Mm. Um, and like many creation stories, it starts with the sun and the moon. As you know, other ones start with like night and day, darkness and night. So I like this one in particular because they're both from the same body, but it's just their faces that set them apart. So I found that quite interesting. Yeah, like, it, it reminds me of, was it, I think it's in Greek mythology when they say that, you know, um, humans used to be, yeah. you know, a part of a whole, um, like four hands. And but four then they feet, got split. Two. Yeah, and, and yeah, they got split in half and they had to spend the rest of their life trying to find their better half. Their better half. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of similar to that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, okay, so the story goes that the moon was eclipsed by the sun and many children were conceived. Wait, so, when you say eclipsed, do you mean... Is, yeah. is that code percent? Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, though, the first children from the moon and the sun were a pair of twins, a male called Dazodi, and a female called Nahui Ananu. Hopefully I've said the names right. Um, I tried to search up the meaning of the names, but it was really hard because obviously the Dahomey are not uh, people that are kind of like around anymore. So there's not that much information. But if anybody knows, please let us know. Um, so um, another child that came after that 
was um, also one male and female joined in one body named Ajay and Gu. So what was interesting about this child was that Gu's torso was made of stone with a giant sword protruding from the hole in his neck where his head would have been. That's quite an image, isn't it? Yeah. And just imagine though, he's also like conjoined with a female. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there was an, they had they had a lot of children basically the sun and the moon. Mm. Um, this will be relevant at the end. But they had another child called Sogbo who was both man and woman. Mm. Um, another set of twins called Agabe and Naiti. Um, their sixth child was actually not made of flesh and blood. Like, yeah, so he was given the name Dujo, meaning air or atmosphere, because obviously he was not mm. a physical so being. It's like an ethereal. Yes, exactly. Nice. And their seventh child was called Ligaba. And because he was the youngest, he became Mawulisa's favorite child, as the youngest often are the favorite. Um. <laughs> yeah, so when the children grew up, it was time for them to divide the kingdoms of the universe, and each of them would get one kingdom of the universe. So the firstborn twins, da, Dajoji and Nau Ananu, were sent with heavenly riches to the earth below. So they were sent to look after the earth. Okay. Um, Sogbo, the one who was both man and woman, was given the sky and ruled over thunder and lightning. And then the twins, Agabe and Neite, were sent to command the waters and creatures of the deep. Um, so I'm not entirely sure how this one would have worked, but their child, Ajay and Gu, so you know the one that was also androgynous with one body and two heads. Yeah. Okay. The male, the male head was given. Um, they were given separate kingdoms, so I don't know how that would have actually worked. But anyway, the male head was ordered to live in a bush as a hunter to take control of the beasts and birds, while the other head was given the forest and the soil, and they supplied him with tools and weapons to cultivate the land. So they had different. Jobs. Yeah, that's kind of baffling, like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. But, you know, remember the child that wasn't born of flesh or blood, Dijon? Mm. He was given um, the space between the earth and the sky to look after. And he was also entrusted with the lifespan of human beings, which is quite cool. Like, mm -hmm. so I guess, like, think of, you know, Hercules and the three underworld witches, you know, when they had the rope and you haven't watched that. I, I know the three witches. Are you talking about the fates, basically? The fate, yeah, yeah. not the singy ones, but the like more Those underworld are the ones. Muses. Yeah. The, the, the oh yes, the, the fates. That... Yes, yes. They cut the rope. Cut. Yeah. Think yeah. of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was also his job to clothe other sky gods so that they appear invisible to man. So I think he's doing a pretty good job because I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> so Lisa um, gave each of their offspring a special language. So this language is said to still to this day be spoken by priests and mediums in the form of songs and oracles. I'm not sure if this is what speaking in tongues is, but that's what I thought of when they said that. Okay. But that, yeah. You know, that works. Um, so the firstborn twins, if you remember, Dajoji and Nahui Ananu, that were sent to the earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were given the language of the earth. Okay. Yeah. So. And had all their memory of the sky language stripped away. Okay. Yeah, so they could only speak the language that people speak on Earth. Um, and you remember the youngest child, Legba, their favourite? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Marulisa kept him with them always. So his work was to visit all of the kingdoms and to report their progress back to them. Snitch. 
That's a snitch. <laughs> Maybe that's what the youngest child is always so like. Y'all are snitches. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is why Legba knows the language of all his siblings, but it's only him that knows the language of Mawilisa. So none of the other siblings know the language of their... Um, the gods. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. So to this day, all beings, both human and gods, must approach Legba before they are able to get their prayers answered by Mawilisa. Right, yeah. okay. That's the end of the story. That makes sense. But my question to you is, which job would you have preferred? Damn. All the siblings. Well, so I... would you have preferred ruling over the earth and sky? Would you have preferred being in control of human lifespans? Or looking after the beasts of the earth? Or just being one of those people that have to make sure everyone's treating their kingdom okay? I like, mean, which one? I feel like... Earth and sky all day. <laughs> yeah. What, like the one the one that has to look after, I mean, the one that controls the lifespans? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the idea of being able to be one, ethereal. Um, yeah. I, I just think I suit ethereal. <laughs> and secondly, um, yeah, to be able to snip, snip, you know, don't, <laughs> don't like that guy. Yeah. Snip. Yeah. But yeah, that control, that's what that's what I'll, I'll choose. What, what would you have chosen? Ooh. You're gonna be a snitch, ain't you? Yeah, I probably would have chosen. Mm, yeah, I would have chosen the last born one because he understands all of the languages, and he is the only one who understands the language of Maudisa. And it's like everybody has to get through him to get through mm, mm, them. Mm, mm, mm. And like, yeah, well, that's quite powerful. Six nine. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's the story, and I yeah, I really liked it. Oh, that's, no, it's, it's a really interesting story. And like what you're talking about at the start in terms of like the sun and the sun and the moon and, and the east and the west yeah. thing. I think it's it's always really interesting because the reason those stories would come about is by the way of understanding the phenomenal that they yeah, see exactly. um, in the world. So that's why it's almost like personifying these yeah. Um, th- yeah. things that they see. And it's giving the idea that there, there are gods that, are looking over every single aspect of the world. There's yeah. God that's looking over the seas, over the beasts, over everything, which is quite cool. Yeah, and you know, it definitely gives an explanation to things. Yeah, even death with the one that can control the lifespan of humans. So yeah, it's a pretty good story. Yeah, no, loved it, and I can definitely see some powerful imageries that can sort of come from it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. watch out for any paintings that we do that might depict this. <laughs> Or, you know, if you're feeling creative yourself, um, let's see what, you know, interpretation you might have of these pieces. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so it's your turn yeah. now. Great story. Thank you. Oh, okay. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> where do I begin? Um, I'm just going to take a sip. My story comes from the Yoruba people. Um, it is a it's another creation story, mm-hmm. um, and it's just called like the creation of the universe itself. And okay. you know, it delves into stories of like how mankind was created, and it tells you about you know some of the main players in the um, Orisha, um, which is the Yoruba deities. So with the Orishas, there's like there's thousands of Orishas, so it's not just like one 
yeah. the two. But these ones um, are really the main ones that I'm going to talk about, um, starting with um, the two main ones. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. I'll get to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, as I said, it's from the Yoruba people um, in West Africa. Um, so, that would be modern day Nigeria. Um, but it was, you know, way bigger back in the past. <sighs> Represent. Um <laughs> But yeah, so before the universe was created, there was only sky above and, you know, an endless stretch of water and marshland okay. um, below. So just think of, it's almost like a, that dichotomy that you normally have where it's like the sky father and the earth mother, like yeah, Gaia and yeah. Uranus. Or, mm-hmm. And it's also like a duality, like yin yang. But I don't think one is necessarily good and one's necessarily evil. Yeah. Um, it's just they just have different jobs and different domains to rule. Yeah. So, um, Olurun, um, is the sky father, um, and he rules over the sky um, and everything above. And Olokun is the um, the ruler of the seas and the marshlands. Um, so when I talk, when we say marshlands, it's just like. I don't know, just like swamp. Yeah, um, like just like mush. Yeah. Um, no, there's Muddy. no life and there's no vegetation. Yeah. Or any creatures down below, like. Um, but yeah, so in this time there were other gods alive, but most of them were up in the sky. Yeah. Um, with the sky father and you know the the water mother just wanted everything just chaotic down there and nice and dull. So the third play into this story is. Um, and I might be saying this wrong. I don't know. So someone might need to correct me. Um, but it's Obalata. Mm-hmm. Or is it Obatala? Just don't check that <laughs> real quick. <clears throat> yeah, it's Obatala. Okay, cool. Um, and so he was a young god. Um, but he looked down below and he wasn't happy with what he saw in terms of like the dull grayness and everything that was there. Um, so he thought... Um, Let's do something down there. Let's let's make it look nicer. Um, maybe it will look nice with some forests and some mountains. And Bit of an interior kind of. designer, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, you know, this, this, this isn't it. Um, I want to change it. Um, yeah, I'll put a bit of this there, a bit of that there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so what he did, he goes up to um, Olorun and he, yeah, he asks, um, he tells him what he wants to do. And he says that he wants to make some changes down there. Now, I'm a bit baffled because I don't know why he goes to ask Olorun, the Sky Father, to change stuff that's down in the, you know, the sea. Yeah. The ruler of the sea's territory. But yeah, that's what he does because logic, because patriarchy. Yeah, um, I know, right? <laughs> just completely overstep the woman's territory and just be like... Yeah, and okay. so Olorun gives him permission to make those changes. Yeah. This is how it works. Okay. <laughs> um, so it gives a position to make the changes. Um, but I guess he was wondering how he was going to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oloran says, um, go speak to my eldest son, who is Orim Malai, who is this wise god. And he knows the secrets of the universe and he's able to foresee futures. Yeah. He's, 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 he's amazing. Whatever. Anyway, so um, he goes to him and he does a bit of. Um, fortune telling um, does a bit of judge um, throws some nuts in the sky or something <laughs> like that on the tray throws yeah. it in the sky and it tells you know 
what you should do. So what he says is that um, you're going to need... So th- these are the items he's going to need. Yeah. So he's going to need a snail shell. He's going to need to fill it with sand. And then he's going to need a white hen mm-hmm. and a black cat and some palm nuts. So I really want to know the significance between a white hen. I know there's some connotations of black cats being like, you know, spiritual and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I never heard of a white hen. Yeah, um, it's it's, it's a white hen. So right now, this feels like... Have you ever watched um, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Yeah. Where you get some some mouse cartoons or or, or whatever it is. It's like, we're going to use them a lot later. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, that's what he says to him. These are the tools you're going to need. Yeah, yeah. Um, But um, he says that you're going to need to go get the gold... Oh, and the last thing he needed was a long gold chain. Okay. So I'm not talking about the fashion... Um, yeah. Gold chain. It's talking about like a long gold chain, so you can sort of like use it as a rope. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. To dangle down to get to Earth from the sky, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Yeah, you're gonna need that." Um, but yeah, he didn't have enough gold to make the chain, so he goes around, um, basically begging for some gold from the other gods, and he's like, um, "Yeah." So he gets, he finally gets enough. Well, not enough. He just got as much as he could. Um, he goes to a goldsmith saying, can you make a chain? The mm. guy said, yeah, that's not going to be enough. Like, you're not going to oh. reach it. It's, it's not going to cut it. So basically, he's going to have to do like a bit of bungee jumping with a gold chain <laughs> um, down to earth. Okay. Um, so he's given the rest of the stuff that he needs to do to um, go down to earth. So he does, you know, he starts climbing down it. Um, yeah. Um, so he starts going down and he gets to the end of the chain and... Um, he, he's like, oh, crap, this isn't long enough. And if I fall from here, I'm going to Die. drown in, yeah. in the water. Yeah. Um, so then he hears like whispers in his ears, um, which is a remnant Malai, who's saying um, you should now drop the sand from the seashell. Um, oh. So he drops the sand from it. So it almost like creates like sand on the yeah. earth. And um, so that creates like a bit of patch of land. And then he drops the hen, which when it gets onto the floor, it starts scattering the sand, the grains of sand all around. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure how big this hen is, but apparently wherever it scattered the grains of sand created valleys and mountains. It's a giant hen. It it has to be a giant (laughs) hen. But yeah, so you just see like this hen just scratching away, yeah. um, creating all these valleys and mountains. And eventually it creates like islands and basically some land for um, Obatala mm-hmm. to land on. Um, so he goes down and the land which he landed on, you know, he was happy with it. Yeah. And he said, this is where I'm going to create my, you know. Mm-hmm create my land or whatever so that land that he landed on is called Ife and I love that name yeah so and then so he had the palm nut um, if we remember from the tools and Mm. he um, plants it into the ground and um, yeah when he planted it some trees some palm trees sprout up he chopped some of them and made a house and yeah, so, so he he's an interior to, designer, an architect. He's, he's, he's the architect, isn't he? <laughs> so he decides to settle down here, separate from all the other gods. Mm. Um, yeah, with nothing but a black cat for company. So yeah, I feel like he was a whole vibe. Yeah, he was like, 
just separate from everyone, just chilling in his little cabin um, with his black cat. And, you know, that was peace. Nice. So that's the first part of the story. Ooh, okay. Yeah. About to get to the second part. Yeah, we are. So this is about how he creates mankind. Mm -hmm. Um, So Obatala is the creator of mankind, um, basically. So here's how it works. So he's there chilling, all vibing um, on Earth. Um, But he forgot that, you know, the big man in the sky, Oloran, might want to know how it's it's going yeah um but he totally forgot um so oloran sends um his messenger called gambo who's going to be important a bit later Mm -hmm. on um down to check on him um so um agamo climbs down and asks obatala um you know how's it going and obatala said yeah this is it this is i like this Mm -hmm. i like this I'm, I'm, i'm gonna stay here um but he said that um but it's so dull down here and it's really dark you know, on under Earth or whatever, and so when Oloran Skyfather hears this, um, he smiled and he cre- he created this dazzling orb, and he throws it into the sky. So this orb is the sun, Ooh. um, and so it brightened and warmed off the Earth. Now at this point, we're still we're still thinking they're doing a lot down here, and yeah. they still haven't really spoken about. Um, Olokun who ruled mm-hmm. um, down here but again patriarchy and we're not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna get to that until later um, but yeah after a while still um, Obatala um, was getting restless you know I think he was going a bit crazy on his ones if I'm honest as with you, you do um, I, I, could, could you nope. how long do you think you can last on your ones a week <laughs> <laughs> yeah a week is the limit Anyway, um, so he got um, restless and he wanted some company. So it was really interesting the way he creates man. By mm-hmm. the way. Um, um, so he decides to, you know, he still didn't want to live with the gods, but he wanted some company. So he decided that um, he wants to make some people. So he gets some soil from the ground. It's almost like in, I think it's in Genesis when um, it says that God created mankind out mm-hmm. of clay. Um, so he basically does the same thing, creates um, these creatures to look like himself out of the soil and the ground. And, you know, he just kept going um, through the day and it was hot. Um, so eventually he got tired and thirsty. So whilst he was creating these men um, and women, um, he got really thirsty. And so he goes to, you know, get some palm wine from the, you know, the palm yeah, trees yeah. that he planted before. And so, you know, he gulped down like a whole jug of wine. And got drunk. Um, he got lit. But yeah, he went back to creating mankind, um, not realizing, you know, he started doing it with Vim. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, he started, but he forgot that he was God. Yeah. But he was God. So he started, <laughs> he started to clumsily make humans. Oh, no. So, you know, they were really clumsy. They used to be perfect before, but now they're really like, misshapen you know they were going like like some heads were going wow some backs were getting crooked and 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 all of that so you know if you have a few defects you know who to blame this is why i've got bad eyesight (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah he started constantly making um people which started making some of some deformed people yeah disabled people and 
Yeah, so this is why, you know, but he was still in the zone creating them. Cause yeah, quite an interesting like, origin story to how like everyone is so different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, like everyone has their models. own. Yeah, like um, nobody's perfect. Everybody has their own differences and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like because that. God was lit when he was making it. I mean, <laughs> um, but it's cool. But yeah, um, yeah, so he was faded. Um, but he was so happy with what he was doing because he was drunk yeah. and whatever. Um, yeah, so once he was done creating everyone, he shouted at the sky and he was like, so I have made um, these people, but only you can breathe life into them. So he's talking to the sky mm-hmm. father. And... Yeah, so he gets, um, Oloran hears him and he was like, yeah, definitely, I got you. And so he breathes life um, and each man and woman sort of just rose up mm-hmm. and started to obey their creator, which was Obatala. Mm-hmm. And so they built these shelters around him. And so this was the first Yoruba village oh. um, in Ife. And Obatala started, to, Obatala started to sober up. So... He starts noticing that y'all are kind of ugly. Wow. <laughs> Basically, he was like, um, yeah, um, these guys have lots of defects, you know. Um, That's so rude. Yeah, and so he was, you know, really pissed off. He was annoyed at himself for being drunk past he created people. Um, but he also felt pity for people because like some of them were like really hunched back and suffering. So in a nutshell, Obatala then became the patron, the patron, the patron, patron saint. I don't know, just patron. patron. Yeah, just patron, patron. Just not patron. patreon. Yeah, yeah just patron. patron. Um, God to those born with deformities, um, oh, because so... he looked after them, um, because he knew yeah. it was his, it was his, it was for he he messed up. Yeah. Um, so he um looked after them, and made sure that the people in the village really prospered. And so eventually the, that Yoruba village became an impressive city and they all lived happily ever after. Wow, nice. Of course not. They didn't because... Wait. Yeah, because are we not forgetting a major factor in all of this? He did it on somebody's land that wasn't his. Yeah, um, Olokan, the goddess, um, yeah, she was not happy with... With, with, with all of this yeah but yeah we'll still get back to this um issue she's brewing somewhere she's she's yeah. just getting more and more pissed um but the next part is all about how she sort of gets revenge for all of this i told you it's kind of a long story <laughs> so you know should i keep going yeah yeah so i'm gonna keep going i mean mine was really short <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah this is more like a an epic like yeah, a, like a trilogy. Know, yeah. Like a, I don't know how many yeah. elegies. We're going to call it a trilogy anyway. Is it three parts? It's four parts. Okay, so it's know. not a trilogy. I know, but it's a lot better to say a trilogy than yeah. what? Quadology? No Quadrogy? idea. Exactly. It's a trilogy, okay. But then again, trilogies aren't really... The, the last part of trilogies never really succeed like that. Yeah. But this part just gets juicier and juicier. Yeah. Know? Um, But yeah. Treachery. Tetralo- tetralogy. It's a tetralogy. 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 I got it. 
Obatala lived with the humans for a long time until, you know, he said, I, I'm a head out. <laughs> so um, he got bored of people, basically. Mm-hmm. So he retired back to the sky. Um, and so when he goes back up there, he tells all the gods up there how amazing what he made was and how amazing it was down there. And so, um, yeah, so all of them obviously were like, yeah, we wanna we wanna meet them, we wanna go down, yeah. we you know interact with them and all that. And so um Oloran gave them each a role to look after humans um when they go down um to earth and all that. So everyone was happy except Olokun, who was the sea ruler. She was pissed at this point. She was so pissed that they all came down and started dividing her domain even further. And yeah, and no one even thought to even talk to her. Um, wow. And you know, I understand. I understand. Yeah, imagine I, someone comes to your house and they're like, yeah, I'll take the kitchen and I'll take the bathroom, I'll take mm-hmm. this bedroom, I'm going to move over here. And you just stand there like, yeah, I have a mug on my forehead. Though. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, she was pissed. Um, so she commanded waves to rise up and flood the land. Rightly so. <laughs> so, you know, it reminds us of a story, um, certain story, you know, something mm-hmm. to do with Noah and some animals, a flood. Maybe there was an ark. Yeah, it rings a bell anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was devastating. And all the humans, you know, tried to, to cry to Obatala. Um, but he was up in the sky. He wasn't hearing none of it. Mm-hmm. He was chilling up there. Um, so they turned to Eshu, who is another important Orisha. He's sort of like a trickster mm-hmm. um, god. But he was one of the ones that's you know, recently came down. Mm-hmm. Um, so they begged him to go back to Obatala. Um, but he was like, no, worship me first. Um, pay me some sacrifices and all that. And then I'll think about it. He was kind of a douche. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they did that. They made the sacrifices. And so he went to tell Obatala. Um, but Obatala was shook. He was scared. Because if you think about it, there were two main rulers in the start. Yeah. And Olokun and Olorun. And so they were the most powerful. Yeah. So he wouldn't dare to go against Olokun. Um so he goes to ask, um, you know, his friend Orem Miller, which is Oloran's first yeah. son, who apparently is super powerful as well. <laughs> Everybody's um, powerful. <laughs> yeah. So um, Orem Miller was like, "Yeah, you, you're not going to be able to handle this one. Let me, yeah, you know, sit this one. Out. I, I, I'm gonna do it." So somehow Orem Miller um, goes down there and uses his amazing power to create the land out of the sea again mm-hmm. um, and calms down Olokun um, and then he was like he was like yeah I'm, I'm at my head out now he, the, the humans try to beg him to stay because they're like this guy can protect us but he's yeah. Like, yeah I don't like I don't- you <laughs> I did this for my boy. I'm out. Yeah, wow. he's like, I, I don't like y'all. Um, but he gave them some gifts, um, like gifts of power, like to be able to foresee disasters um, ahead of time. Yeah. Um, so some of them became prophets. And, oh, and, that's and cool. That. Um, but yeah, he bounced. Um, is that the end, or is that but then? But, didn't... Oh, of course, there's a but then um, because 
you know, if I was Onokun, I don't think I'll be able to stop there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll still be pissed 100. off at this point. Um, so Orimulai goes back to um, back to the sky. Um, but yeah, Onokun's still pissed off and she's really annoyed by this defeat mm-hmm. now. Um, so she was thinking of how to get revenge. Mm-hmm. So the way she decided that she's going to get revenge is by embarrassing Olorun, um, who's supposed to be this all-powerful sky father. So she was a really skilled weaver. So mm-hmm. she's able to make clothing and yeah. dyes and these amazing um, like garments. And she knew that no one else could match her skill in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Olorun is a very stubborn and prideful person. Yeah. So she knew that if she challenged him, he would definitely accept it. So even though he's shit at this, you know, he would still be like, yeah, yeah. Know, I'm the best at everything. So she challenges him to like a weaving and dyeing contest. Ooh. And now okay. Oloran um, couldn't back down from the challenge, but he knew he sucked. So he had to think of a really interesting plan on how to overcome this. So what he did was, so his messenger um, is another god called Agamo. He's like a chameleon yeah, um, god. Yeah, chameleon, yeah. So able to do what chameleons do. Yeah. But that'll come later in it. So um, he, he asked him to go down and, you know, to greet her um, and just like mm-hmm. just talk to her. He has a plan. Anyway, so the chameleon did that. He goes down and he says that um, he just needs to check the quality of the garments um, just to see, you know, what the, you know, you know, do you yeah, qualify it, to yeah, challenge exactly, him? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so Olokun's like, yeah, sure, I'm going to make them shook. So she brings out her best garments to her best dyed yeah. clothes. So like, these brilliant colours that, you know, she's only able to create. And as she brings each of them out, the chameleon changes colors to, to them perfectly. Wow. So she was like, oh shit, like if this is what the messenger can do, like this is just a messenger and he can perfectly replicate these things that I struggled hard to do. Yeah. What more the master yeah. is able to do. Mm-hmm. So she preemptively admits defeat. And wow. yeah, so she yeah, she admits defeat. And so that's how Olorun and Olokun, you know, restored their friendship again. And the universe was at peace. So this is a really long story, but, you know, it sort of explains how the universe was created. Yeah, like the different really, views yeah, yeah, personifies different characters yeah. and with really interesting stories and dynamics. Yeah. So yeah, that's the creation story from the Yoruba people. My second story is called The Sun and the Moon, and it's from the Karachi people in West Africa. Who so are actually, the Karachi people? <laughs> we want to know. So when I was searching who they were, um, so fun fact, Kete Karachi is a town in the Karachi West district in a region of Ghana. So now I didn't know this, but you know, you learn something every day. Ghanaians. Yeah, so... It's actually a virtually waterlogged region. It's got many fishermen and farmers, but yeah. 
Um, fun fact about Kwachi Dente. Um, mm-hmm. There's a shrine there, which is um, one of the oldest religious institutions in Africa. So, yeah, um, they have a really cool religion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, they promote peace and they prohibit bloodshed and violence. And actually, in recent, like, past, like, days, um, murders and stealings and other felonies have been said to be unknown in this like religion So they really clocked What world peace is Yeah like The people sleep With their doors open Like it's very nice and calm. Damn Yeah so The sun and the moon um, So the first line Of the story I found really heartwarming um, So that was literally The main reason Why I chose it So <laughs> <laughs> The first line goes The sun and the moon Fell in love And decided to marry I was just like That's Aww. so sweet oh, Anyway Damn It reminds me of that Beyonce song Forget it. What song? <laughs> Go on. What song? I like, forget it. Oh, uh, from um, from um, <laughs> yeah, from the um, Lion King. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah forget, forget, forget. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, I was saying it in my head. I was like, wait, are those the actual words? I don't know. If those are the words, but it fits anyway. Yeah, I, keys to the kingdom. That's it. Yeah. So um, yeah, the sun and the moon fell in love and decided to marry. Um, so they were happy together and had many children who they christened as stars. Well, that, that's so nice, yeah. Um, but the moon began to grow weary of her husband and decided to take a lover. Damn. Yeah, so I wait, actually... So, wait, the woman's cheating? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I liked how this story was similar to the Dahomean one I said earlier. And how, like, the sun is the man and the, the moon is the woman. Mm. So I'm, I always wonder, like why the sun is like considered a man and the moon a woman like is there something behind that that like do you know what I mean oh maybe you see I think it's because they probably put character personifications behind the characteristic yeah. of things and maybe it's because the sun is like hot and it's like big and yeah like, so they just like personified it as a man, man and the moon and is the moon's, like, like this calming makes sense so anyway, the moon was taking lovers um, and wasn't hiding the facts. So obviously the son came to hear about the, his wife's infidelity and it made him very unhappy. Um, so actually, the son is a reasonable guy. So he tried to reason with the moon, but his efforts were in vain. So he resorted to driving his wife out of the house. Like, it said yeah. out of the house. So I was just imagining like the son <laughs> of the moon animated in the house in the sky somewhere like fighting <laughs> anyway so naturally some of the children sided with the mother and others sided with the father mm-hmm. so um but that regardless of this the son wasn't hard on his wife and he made sure that their possessions were equally divided however the moon was too proud to accept the kindness of her husband which is wild to me but anyway yeah, yeah. And to this day continues to make a habit of trespassing on his land and often taking her children with her to fight the other children who who sided with her father. So basically, like, she's like, okay, I cheated on you and you've driven me out, but you've given me half of your possessions and, like, half the children are with me and half with you, but I'm still angry. (laughs) Man, she won the divorce and still wanted more. So she still trespasses on his land with half of her children and gets half of her children to fight with half of the son's children. They're all their children, but, you know, the Mm -hmm. ones who sided. Yeah. She's wilding. 
So these constant battles between the star children resulted in great storms of thunder and lightning, as it's only when the moon is like, so basically, <laughs> sorry. Um, can you just imagine like star children fighting? That's the reason for thunder and lightning. That makes sense. Yeah. So um, it's only when the moon is bored of these battles that she sends her messenger, the rainbow, <laughs> mm. um, to wave a signal of many colors to tell her children to retreat. So basically, that's the origin of the rain. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So whenever it's sunny, all of a sudden it starts raining, and then you see a rainbow. Just think, the star children and the moon children are fighting, and then the moon sends her messenger, the rainbow, to come and tell them to stop fighting. So basically, she, you're telling me she's just one of those women that just wants to see the world. Well, <laughs> I mean, toxic. we got She's rainbows. Toxic. She's toxic. <laughs> so sometimes it's said that the moon is caught by the sun, attempting to steal crops from his fields. When this happens, he chases her. And if he catches her, he will flog her and try to eat her. So whenever you see an eclipse, you know, an eclipse, like, you know, when mm. the um, moon comes to the sun mm. and it's, yeah. Whenever you see an eclipse, this is what's happening. It's because the sun and the moon are fighting again. And if one day the sun manages to eat the moon, we will lose the moon forever. Right. And that's the end of the story. I mean, we do need like the moon. <laughs> I know, but she's kind of a... But yeah, I think this is actually a very interesting story on explaining like the natural elements like rain, thunder, lightning, rainbows, the eclipse. It's quite an interesting way to depict it. It's like basically like this married couple that have split up and now they're arguing and like mm. when their children argue it's lightning and thunder when they argue it's an eclipse like and when she wants peace she sends the rainbow mm-hmm. yeah i just it's yeah, really it's, it's definitely an amazing way to explain those natural yeah phenomena. it's again a really like human way to explain it and it's very interesting like I don't think now I'm going to see rainbows differently now. Like whenever I see a rainbow, I'm going to think, oh, the sun and star children are fighting. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah, it's it's the creativity in it all. Seeing things and being able to create these these amazing stories behind them. Yeah, and I just like the vision of like an eclipse being like the sun and moon arguing. Like it's just such a poetic poetic way to think of life. Yeah. Definitely. That's why I love these stories. Yeah, definitely. I I love how interesting these stories are. And it just tells you about the minds of the people themselves, really. Yeah. Okay, well, I have a very similar story. Okay. Um, It's to do with... um, the sun and the moon as well mm-hmm. um but it's called why the sun and the moon live in the sky Ooh. and so this is from um southern nigeria so back to nigeria <laughs> um let me guess is the sun a man and the moon a woman yes <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 they are um but it's not they're not the main character they're not the main characters in this Really. Okay. Well, cool. the sun is the main character in this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's the sun and the moon is his wife. Yeah. Um, as well. So very similar to your story. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is more to do with the sun and the water. Ooh. And so basically, imagine they had this friendship, 
um, many years ago, they were like great friends and um, they used to visit one another. Well, really, the sun used to visit the water. Yeah. So I think this really supposed to explain like sunsets and all of that. Um, But one day the sun asks, why do you never come to visit me? Um, (laughs) To which the water replied, your house isn't big enough to accommodate me and my people. Yeah. He said, get your money up, basically. (laughs) Like, uh uh-uh, I can't fit in there. Yeah. Me and your tiny... Yeah. Um, so he said that if you want me to visit you, get a bigger house. Um, so the son, the son said, yeah, okay, um, I'll build a be- bigger house. He said, I promise um, I'll make you be able to visit me one day. So the son goes home to his wife, who is the moon, and told her about this promise um, to his friend. And so they started to build a bigger house. Um and one day they invited the water to come in. Mm-hmm. So um, the water said, are you sure? And so the sun says, yeah, come in, come in. So the water started to creep in and very soon it got like knee, knee deep in the house. So imagine yeah. the house is like flooded, like yeah. knee deep. And so the water said again, should we still come? Are you sure? And the sun's like, yeah, why not come in? And so the, um, the the water comes in even more. And this time it's like neck height. And so it's like, should we still come? And then, so the the moon's, um, the, the sun and the moon said, yeah, uh, still come. come yeah. like, you know, when, when you commit to something, you have to sort of <laughs> like, yeah, see mean... it through. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so they said, yes, yeah, still come. Um, and then so it became so high that the sun and the moon had to perch on top of their roof and wow so the water asked one more time are you sure that we should still come and I guess the sun and the moon were like you've gotten this far you might as well Um, so you know the water came in even more um, until it overpowered and overflowed um, the sun and the moon's property and they couldn't bear it any- anymore and so they had to retreat and go to the sky where they uh, remained forever wow yeah so they got chased out um, that's why but that explains why the, the sun, sun and the moon, moon are, are in the sky because yeah. the water filled up their house yeah <laughs> but then again it's also them being stubborn because he did ask like five times Should we, yeah and they still said yeah. Yeah. Even though they knew that it it, it wasn't happening, but yeah, that's a, a really amazing story about you know why the sun and the moon are in the sky. Because I, I guess it must have come about from maybe like a kid asking their parents, "Why is the sun? Yeah, and the moon in the sky?" And they were just like in their house and imagine I can imagine like there was an ocean over there, and they're like, "Hmm, mm. it was because of the water." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the water. It's the water's fault. Yeah, and I guess that they might have had like bad feelings towards some water because maybe they have been flooded, flooded before. Um, before. Yeah, and so they could like personify it as the villain in their yeah, lives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the story. Well, that's, uh, that's that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, so it's really interesting. So you can see these stories and how sort of creative they are and how imaginative they are, but also how they explain these 
you know, these phenomenon that we just, we just say as science yeah. and um, how the universe is, but yeah. they, they sort of think about it and think about how the universe could be. Which I um, really like enjoy. Like, I really like the idea of like mm-hmm. the sun and the moon fighting and like, like the stars being their children. I just, I find that so fascinating. I really like, I really like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's all we have time for um, yeah. this week. Um, so hopefully our next few episodes will be more focused on our paintings and the riches that they depict. But yeah. as we said, we just wanted to start with creation stories just to set the tone. Yeah, the and podcast. one of the ideas that we have um, coming soon is to sort of, we might make a creation or a few creation yeah. um, pieces. pieces. And so at least now you know the background um, of those paintings when, them. yeah when so they when come. they come you can say i understand this and you know you might be able to explain it to your friends when you bought it and it's in your house and you're like um you know you can be like this <laughs> art connoisseur and yeah just explain yeah the artist meant this to mean this yep yeah you know we're here for you you know we're doing this for you doing this for you <laughs> yeah, out of love for you but yeah i thought it would be cool to end every episode with an African proverb. Okay. So Yeah, so uh, I kind of sprung this one, but so I'll start and then you can pick one for next week. I'll get the next one. Okay. So the proverb that I've chosen for today is rain does not fall on one roof alone. So let me tell you what that means. Oh okay. <laughs> it means trouble does not discriminate. It comes to everyone at some point. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely um, so that if one person's in trouble, sort of it will come to everyone. So yeah, everyone so, should prepare for it. Or yeah, and you shouldn't it. think that you're the only one going through something because sometimes you know people will just feel mm. like, oh, I'm alone in this. But if it's raining everywhere, then it's raining on everyone, not just yeah. you. And it's almost like that vision of you know when you think like there's one cloud just above, above you, you, like, and you're the only one having this bad time. Yeah. But, most likely there's definitely other people going through similar situations. Um, and that should bring you some sort of comfort because, um, yeah, just to know that you're not alone and, you know, other people are going through this, they will go through it and they'll probably o- overcome it as well. So you probably will as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. But yeah, so that's us for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, just be sure to follow us on Instagram at sa underscore art underscore UK. Yeah, definitely. And, and check out yeah. our website as well, sauk.com. And, yeah. you know, if you could buy something, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you just want to learn more about some, you know. Um, Orishas. Yeah, the Orishas, the mythology, cultures, the mythologies yeah. behind them. Um, yeah, just stay tuned and, you know, just. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely be doing more paintings depicting our favorite um, mythologies and pantheons and orishas so now that we can get you involved in it as well by telling you the stories i feel like it will start something great yeah so, but yeah it'll be yeah. really nice you can also talk to us about it um as i said if you feel inspired to create something to do with them show us let us yeah. know um or and just yeah just talk yeah. to us about you know what you think about some of the stories we've told you were they interesting? Was there other things that you might want to pick up? So yeah, be sure to, you know, send this to your friends, family members, anybody you think would like this or benefit from, you know, knowing a bit about. Yeah. So. Apology.
We'd like to thank the wonderful Richard Fermi from Mutual Sounds for providing us with the amazing intro music you heard at the beginning and all the sounds you've been hearing throughout this episode. Yeah, so check them out on Instagram at richardfermi underscore and Mutual Sounds Instagram at Mutual Sounds with a Z. Yeah, so this has been Art, art Mythos. mythos. <laughs> African By mythology art. through art. Yes. By SA Art. Solomon Nadra. Solomon and Nadra. Nadra and Solomon. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank you guys. And hopefully we see you in the next episode.